Hi, this is Lena. And this is Alex. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Tree Hill podcast. (laughs) Well, that was pretty good, don't you think? I think it was pretty good. That was our first time switching it up. Today, we talked about switching our roles. (laughs) So. (laughs) I don't know why that got a giggle from me, but it did. We are here to discuss episode six. Of One Tree Hill. Every night is another story. So, in true fashion, when we start our episodes, let's talk. What do you think happened in this episode, honey? Give us a recap. You want me to give you a synopsis of my own? Yes. Okay. So, the Tree Hill Ravens have an away game. And this is some hick team, as Nathan refers to them. And they have to travel there to to get to them. (laughs) This is hard to do. <laughs> so we see we see a back and forth throughout the show between the three girls, Brooke, Peyton, and Haley, and the two boys, Nathan and Lucas. We see a back and forth between each of them and how they end up going on little separate adventures together. Also, we see a back and forth with Dan, Deb, Keith, and Karen, who all went to a dinner party together. Or not together, but they were seated together at a dinner party. And chaos ensues because, you know, boys will be boys and shit. God, this is challenging to give a synopsis. I don't know what to tell you. You make me do this all the I time. I know. That's what I was just thinking. Like, I thought I'd be, like, banging this shit out like, real easy. But no, it's kind of hard. But essentially, this is an episode where the three girls get to somehow through a series of strange events, end up in a car together that runs out of gas and Haley and Peyton end up bonding a bit. And we see this like possible friendship forming there. The boys end up getting kicked off a bus for not for fighting during the game and not getting along. And so they end up getting just kind of like abandoned in the middle of nowhere. And all these boys from the local school that they just beat come up and basically kidnap them and make them perform naked for them. And that's pretty much what happens. (laughs) Wow. That was not accurate, but hey, listen. If I were writing it, it'd be easier. (laughs) If you were writing it, it would be easier. You're right. Yeah. I thought it was great, honey. I would love to watch an episode like that. And that is pretty much what happened. Yeah. Here's what Google had to say. When Whitey throws Lucas and Nathan off the team bus for their misconduct on the basketball court, the half-brothers are left stranded 30 miles from home. They encounter a carload of punks who threaten them with a gun. That is the entire synopsis. There is nothing else about the girls? There is nothing about the girls. That's half the episode. Is the girls and the storyline with Dan and Karen and Keith and Deb. It is. And it is always interesting. It seems like the so far, at least the every time we read the synopses, is that how it is? Synopsis? I don't know. We never have landed on what the plural of synopsis is. Synopsis is. <laughs> I like it. Every synopsis that we've read so far, it seems like they often leave a lot of the girls' stuff out. Huh. Interesting. I wonder why that could be. I have a couple of guesses. Well, anyway, let's just get started. Yes. This show opens up with Peyton. And Haley, in the front seat of a car, driving down a dark road. And then all of a sudden, Brooke pops her head up. Her little head pops up. And then it shows them 
slowing to a stop in front of Lucas and Nathan, together in the middle of seemingly nowhere. And I believe it was Peyton or uh, Haley that said, what in the world is going on here? She said, Nathan and Lucas? Like the way she said it was very like, Lucas? Anyway. It's at this point that it cuts to black. Mm. 12 hours earlier. Was it 12 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. I wrote down 12 hours earlier. So let's go back. It goes 12 hours earlier, and it shows Tree Hill High School. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is tough. I was this like, like. Being the person to do this. Well, it shows, it goes to the high school, and I believe everybody is just starting to walk inside. And I know Lucas is walking outside. And I I believe Lucas was talking to Haley. Yes. Haley and Lucas are talking and she is kind of referencing, oh, I can maybe come to the game, but only if I finish studying for finals or whatever. Something like that. Studying for something that's important. And Lucas makes his little possessive remark like, oh, you mean yours or do you mean Nathan's? And she's like, bitch, both. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, but are you cool with this, Lucas? And he's like, well, I gotta be, right? Well, see, now this is where Peyton rolls up. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. And she pulls out a jewel case. Not of a ca- not a case with jewel inside, okay? A jewel CD case. Remember those? <laughs> yeah, I do remember those. Thank you very much. <laughs> she made Lucas a mix CD. Just to thank him for the previous week. The previous week being the anniversary of her mom's death. Yeah. She wasn't feeling so hot about it, which who would, honestly? Like, that's a tough situation. And then Lucas was being really nice to her, listened to her, and she made a mix CD. What do you think was on that mix CD? Oh, a whole bunch of dramatic shit. Do you think it was, like, Weird Al at all? I would never, ever guess Weird Al would be on there. I would guess a bunch of The Cure. I would guess a bunch of, like... Well, actually, I don't know if Peyton season one is into the cure because Peyton's musical interests and tastes expand greatly over the course of the series where apparently she just knows like everything about every genre of music and every album that was ever made. At that point, though, first season, she is very much in the emo pop punk kind of jam. Now, we just started watching Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Yes. Now, that wasn't my doing, necessarily. Oh, excuse me, sir? <laughs> excuse me, that was not your doing? Well, anyway. It was my peer pressure, but it was your choice. Let's just be clear. Oh, I see. Anyway, it makes me wonder, when you said that just now, do you think that Peyton could be like a Dawson, where he is very familiar with so many movies? At least So far, it seems to be. I mean, we're only like two episodes, like three or four episodes in. But it seems like he has watched, like, tons and tons of movies and knows all the stuff about movies. Mm -hmm. Do you think she is the same, only with music? If she is, it is not presented that way in the beginning of the series, which is part of what I think makes it less believable to me later. Because at the very start of the series with Dawson's Creek, I mean, the first thing we learn about him pretty much is that he wants to be a filmmaker, right? So... His obsession with movies is very grounded in him wanting to learn how to make movies. Whereas with Peyton, we're like, okay, she's into this, like, she loves driving around with her hair out and her car down or whatever, whatever I'm trying to say. Like, we know she's into it. She's importing the Ataris, you know, but she's not, 
we don't necessarily see the musical knowledge so much as just a strong, you know, connection to music. Whereas later in season three, we see a lot of connection and like knowledge. of Well, really season two and season three. And the only reason I'm saying all of this is because I always find it a little funny how much her character gets, I don't know, I just feel like early in the first season, she's she's a little bit more of like a standard teenager's musical snobbery where like they have their own personal preferences and that's kind of it. As the series goes on, it's kind of like ridiculous how much they're claiming she knows about music. I don't know. <laughs> this is a very small pet peeve. But speaking of mixed tapes, Alex. Yes. Have you ever made a mixed tape for someone else? I don't think so. Really? A mixed tape, mixed CD? Well, I, I know what you meant. I mean, I probably have. Like, not in any kind of romantic fashion, if that's what you mm-hmm. mean. Like, I, I used to burn CDs, as they call it. Burn CDs is where you would take a CD, compact disc, okay, <laughs> and you would put something onto it. We know the age of... Dem- the, what's funny about these little side notes <laughs> is that we actually know that pretty much everyone that listens to this is between, like, 28 and 35. So, like, we they all know what we're talking about. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Honestly, I usually just burn CDs for me. I would lose them or something like that, and then I would do it again. Or I would fall out of love with certain songs, burn a new CD that had some of the old songs and some of the new ones, and I would just repeat the process. So mixtapes, mixed CDs didn't have a, like, they didn't have any kind of friend or romantic or, like, you didn't do them for other people. It was just for yourself. I don't remember doing them for other people. Like, I definitely didn't do it for, like, any romantic reason. Did anyone ever do it for you? I don't think so. Interesting. Would you make a mix for me now? Like a Spotify playlist? You did make a Spotify playlist for me. I did. I don't know if you ever listened to it, though. I did listen to it, I'll have you know. Well, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think that that's, like, the equivalent now to making a mixed CD or something is to make a Spotify playlist, which is cool, but it's not the same thing. Because, like, I used to make... When I would make mixed CDs, now I would make them for myself and I'd also make them for my friends. And I also, I'm trying to think if there's any guys I ever gave them to. I don't think so. Guys gave them to me though. (laughs) But I think when I gave them, I would always come up with some sort of title and I would call them like volume one. And I would come up with some sort of title with like a tagline. Like I remember this one was a, the title was called, I listened to this in high school a lot. It was called Boy Makes Girl Feel Good. And it was because it was a line from a Third Eye Blind song. (laughs) Anyway. And, uh, but I do remember when I was in like middle school wanting to make them before I knew how to make them myself. And I would ask my brother, my brother, Jeremy, as you know, I would ask him to make them for me and he would charge me like a dollar fifty. That's funny. I know. It's not at all surprising. <laughs> Even it? as a, like, I remember, I mean, the struggle was real back in the day. Oh because God. Because you would burn discs. And at least for me, once I would start doing that, I would want to burn like a lot of them. Because it couldn't hold everything. It's not like your phone that can hold, like, the entirety of, you know, the human race right now. (laughs) Like, we had a CD that could hold 60 or 70 minutes. So I would buy a spindle of CDs, and I would start running through them pretty quickly. Like, I get it. Jeremy was just trying to... uh... He was not trying... He was just (laughs) trying... He was looking at me, his young sister, with no options. And he was seeing, cha-ching, I can get buck 50 for each of these. And I was resentful because <laughs> it was my only way around. It was terrible. How much money do you think you ended up paying him? I don't know. I don't even know if it was a buck fifty. I know that he did charge me money though, and I did actively pay him in dollar bills. 
So it definitely, there was money exchanged without question. It's kind of cute to see these, this little exchange again though. But yeah, I mean, what he, he says, Lucas says in response to Peyton handing him this, like, oh, I guess this means we're dating or whatever. And Peyton's like, don't read so much into this. <laughs> it was interesting the way he said that, wasn't it? I think you, well, what do you think was interesting about it? Well, just, there's been such a short time between her and Nathan. At least it appears that way to me. I mean, and the previous week that she was just referencing is when she broke up with Nathan. Was that it? Yeah, because she broke up with Nathan during the... During the mom? Well, it was right after the the party. Presumably, it was like a day or two later that her mom's anniversary, death anniversary was. So, like, it's yeah. only been like a week, maybe. So, it hasn't been that long. And, I don't know. For me, I wouldn't have jumped to this conclusion. That, oh, well, she obviously wants me. And this is what boyfriend and girlfriends do. I don't think he was taking it that seriously. I think he was flirting with her by like, oh, I guess we're dating. Oh, well, maybe. I don't know. Well, what did you say, honey? Well, I thought he was being serious. I don't know. Oh, I didn't think Lucas was being serious at all. I thought he was just being like, hey, hey, girl, you know, like. You have to remember, too, I don't have that much experience being like Lucas Scott. Well, that's true. When I was in high school, I was the shy kid in the corner. Honey. With a trench coat full of CDs that nobody wanted. <laughs> No, I mean, I feel like Lucas was just sort of like, because they've had this flirtation ongoing, you know, obviously he's kind of like, I mean, that was definitely the most brazen he's been in being interested in her, though. But now she's officially single, so he can kind of flirt with her in that way. Mm -hmm. I guess you're right. It is a little bit brazen, even though it. I took it very much like he was just joking around and like kind of flirting and being like, oh, I guess, you know, we have to each other or whatever (laughs) while at the school after the little conversation with peyton and lucas Haley walks away from that she runs into nathan and nathan says hey you coming to the game or whatever and she's like i don't know i haven't really thought about it and he's like come on and i'll look for you and she's like okay and they have this little exchange and he's like yeah and he walks off i did see the the nod as it becomes known as it becomes termed throughout this episode yeah Yeah. so definitely it's setting up this basketball game Mm -hmm. which they actually had on the school sign i don't think we mentioned that but when the episode opens or the uh scene opens it shows the school sign that says bickerington pirates at 7 30 p.m yes and i think what it's doing here in this early school scene because this is like the main school stuff we see prior to actually going to the game is we just see this setup of Haley and Nathan have this little flirtation that's maybe starting to go a little bit beyond tutoring because he's inviting her to the game and is like, I'm going to look for you. And Peyton makes Lucas this mixed CD. And even though she says, don't look too much into it, he's they're kind of flirting more openly. So it's kind of setting up these two parallel relationships potentially building. See, Nathan definitely wants Haley. Oh, you think so? I definitely think so. Like, it has gone beyond the point where it's just being a tutor girl constantly wants to talk to her and like he wasn't he with uh tim at the time and he said get out of here tim oh i don't remember he didn't literally oh he like runs out of his way to go go talk to Haley. yeah he goes to talk to Haley. interesting i believe maybe i'm mistaken well but anyway yeah it's just it seems like he is enjoying more than just the tutoring that's going on so this is very nice that's very nice let's see what happens let's see so now we move on we meet dan and Deb. And they are talking about having a little night away at the SBL. 
which is the small business league. And Dan keeps talking about why did they have to schedule this basketball game? Or no, why did they have to schedule this SBL dinner on a game night? <laughs> so you can definitely tell where his priorities are. As if the SBL commission or whoever the fuck are like consulting the ravenshoops.com schedule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But Deb is, she seems pretty excited Mm -hmm. because, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that we can go to this SBL dinner. We can have a good time. We can stay at a hotel, which she actually talks about. Yeah, they booked a room. They booked a room. Says, pack your bags, Danny. We're leaving. And can we just get through 48 hours without football? Football? Or (laughs) Sorry, basketball. What am I saying? (laughs) You're like me. Yeah, I mean, I have... (laughs) Football on the brain, I guess. I don't know what to say. But either way, you can definitely tell what Dan's priority is, which I, I, I love the fact that he's he's so, so into this basketball team. Oh, we we see that throughout the episode, too. The little moments when we check in with Dan. It's kind of funny. Is this where he says, at least Nathan will have his phone, he can text me the box scores? Yes. And it's really sad, too, because honestly, he's not... I don't think he's even concerned as much for... Like, I know he wants his son to do well, but I don't know. It's just something different. It's He doesn't care about his son. Well, yeah. What, that's, what am I trying to say here? Honey? Well, I think we're going to get to that actually in a little bit yeah. when we go, go, we actually flash forward to how he behaves at the dinner because there's a couple of times where he references the game that he missed. And we kind of see it's very clear. It's not like, oh, I, I want to make sure Nathan's okay. You know, it. so we'll, we'll get to that. We'll cover that more as this episode progresses. Okay, because now we actually move on. And we see, now we already mentioned it earlier, but chaos ensues at this dinner because of who is sitting with Dan and Deb. Now we're at Karen's house. Yeah. Karen is looking through dresses because she is also going to the SBL or... As Lucas calls it, the Justice League. <laughs> so they start talking a little bit. And this is actually where Lucas asks Karen if this could be a date between her and his uncle Keith. Because Keith is going to accompany Karen to this dinner. Yes. And this is where Lucas is like, why not, Mom? I'm okay with it. Aww. Which is really kind of nice, I think. It is nice. Because I know a lot of parents out there in this situation, I'm sure... Like, they obviously have their kids on their mind. Like, I don't want to upset him. Well, yeah. And I think that in this situation, the dynamic, the family dynamic, with Keith being Lucas's uncle, his biological uncle, you know, the idea of Karen, his mom, dating his uncle, and the family dynamic they have, which is very precious. And, you know, like, I can see why it would be, even if she was feeling and thinking about him a certain way, she would maybe never feel comfortable pushing for that. And obviously, Keith is not super comfortable pushing for that until really this episode. So I can see why Lucas offering that is really meaningful and helpful. It does make me wonder, though, if like how much Lucas has talked to Keith about his mom and like his potential romantic feelings for his mom. What do you think? So I don't know how much he's actually talked about that aspect of it. But I think that what Lucas has done is talk to Keith enough to see how much... Like, he knows, but just by talking to Keith, Mm -hmm. how much he cares about Lucas and his mom. I think, too, maybe kids are always, especially that, you know, when you're young, kids are always fantasizing about having a complete family unit, about having their parents, whether it's their their biological parents together or having, 
you know, some, like everybody, every kid for the most part wants two parents to be actively there. And Keith has very much been like another parent to him, but he still kept a little bit of a distance as an uncle. So I would imagine there's always been this little fantasy in his mind as a child of like, well, what if they got married? What would that be like? I could have like a normal family, you know? Just because of what he's observed around him and just not growing up with that and feeling that absence, I could see why that would be really meaningful. And Karen, you can tell that she's kind of taken back a little bit when he mentions this. Because I, like Karen, you can definitely tell like she's got something going on. Because she asks, did Keith say anything to you, Lucas? So you know that she's she's got this in her head. Well, and also, can we just talk a minute about her dresses? What about she them? has this one red number, which seems a little bit more conservative. And then she has this slinky black one, which Lucas chose for her also when she was deciding between the two. And later we see her at the dinner and her boobs are popping. Oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? You know? Yeah. she That is a date dress, Miss Rowe. That is not your mother's SBL dinner dress. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, when it comes to the outfit you chose, she chose a date outfit. I wonder what Keith didn't did Keith actually comment on that dress? I don't remember. I don't know, but I don't know if Keith would have commented it so much in words. He would have just like (laughs) 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 Yes. Because honestly, when we see Keith and Karen together, they're already together and they've arrived there. So we would we didn't see when they first saw each other. We didn't have a first look. Right. We didn't have the first look where his jaw dropped to the ground. Yeah, his jaw dropped and his tongue rolled out like in the mask. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Same. Lena. (laughs) God, you're so fucking perfect. Well, I know. I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, Karen's got her dress. Lucas has this fantasy of his daddy being Keith. Who's your daddy? That's right. (laughs) So now we move on. We're in Peyton's room. Oh, yeah. And Peyton's sitting. I think she's drawing at the time. Of course. And... She hears a little knock, like, right next to her door, and Brooke pops her head over and wants to make sure that she's not going to get her head chewed off. Oh, yeah. She's, like, waving the flag. She's waving the white flag. Like, I surrender. Yeah. And she waltzes in, and, you know, now that you're done being mad at Nathan, can we be friends again, basically? It is interesting, too, because this is the thing I noted about that scene, is that Brooke is coming out of her way to make sure they're cool after Peyton freaked out at Brooke at the gym. Brooke had no context for why that happened. You know, she had no idea why other than that she was going through a breakup, even though that wasn't really the reason. She didn't know that. And Peyton, in that whole week, she sought out Lucas to be like, oh, hey, here's a mixtape I made you. But she never sought out her best friend to be like, hey, I'm, you know, are we okay? I'm sorry about that. Like, I was just going through a lot. So Brooke goes out of her way to come over and be like, are we cool? Like, she's very playful and sweet about it. Apology accepted. A-P-O-L-O-G-Y. Couldn't love you. Did you skinny ass up and let's go beat the pirates? But Peyton's just like, sorry I was a bitch. <laughs> and, you know, Brooke is does her cute little cheer and she's like, fine with it. But I just think this is, and I, and I love Peyton. And I, I feel like I might get some flack for this. But I feel like this is the beginning of when we see Peyton starting to be kind of a shitty friend toward Brooke. And even, because even though I completely recognize Peyton was going through a lot of shit, with her mom. And she really had a hard time the week previous week. But she also was the one who instigated the issue here. And it's like a week later. And she never made the effort to make sure they were on the... Like, they were so cool. And I just think that's kind of shitty. So I just wanted to... I feel like it's worth referencing. <laughs> I do think last night when we were watching this, I, I think we mentioned that to each other. That Peyton brought a mixtape 
to Lucas, but didn't do anything with Brooke. I don't think we ever mentioned that, actually. We didn't mention that? No, but you maybe thought about it. Oh, well, maybe I thought about it. I don't know. No, because I, I actually kind of thought about that as I was talking just now. Also, it is notable that when Brooke does her little, she then flashes the webcam. She does flash the webcam. Which is interesting. See, it's interesting. She even has that webcam turned on in her closet when she's not even in there. Right? So I thought she would turn it on, like, you know, when she comes home. Like, so that means, does she have this running all day when she's at school and not in front of the camera? Didn't we recently discover some kind of platform? Weren't we, like, Googling, like, how do pedophiles find kids or something? We do. We should probably put that in context, actually. <laughs> what a what a thing to throw out there, but... Well, yeah, we were looking... We just moved to a new house. We got our first house. Very happy. Thank you for everybody being happy for us. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who aren't, yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, assholes. <laughs> but anyway... Like, we, we got our first house. Something we didn't do before we moved here was look up the local pedophiles. Not to buy them a pint or anything. But to, <laughs> oh, God. But to figure out, like, do we have trash living near us? Oh, come on. I. <clears throat> it was just, it's really a curiosity thing, more than anything. It was curiosity. and So we looked this up. This is how we I mean? spent our evenings. Yeah, so, like, we actually just stumbled upon, like, a YouTube video of this guy showing how easy it was for somebody to... Like, convince a kid to walk away with him at a playground. I forget. His name was, like, Johnny Sack or something. No, that's a, that's a Soprano guy. A character for the Sopranos. Johnny, uh... <laughs> I don't know. No, that's not what I was what I was bringing up, though. Well, I know, but it, it stemmed from there. Yeah. Because he took a, a puppy and he got a kid to walk away with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and showed the parent, like, this is all it takes. And then we stumbled on a website that showed, like, other ways that pedophile uh, pedophiles lure kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we saw one that mentioned video hosting websites yeah. that... What was the website? We found this website where apparently you can just kind of like live... Sh- now, granted, it's not like we think this is like revolutionary. Obviously, we know there are cam sites and places where people can stream themselves live and it's, you know... I know what it is. What is it? All right. So the website that we saw is called YouNow. YouNow.com. And I've never heard of this. I never have either. And because we were reading that... um you got to be careful with your kids just because they could be streaming on a website like this. And, you know, anybody with, like, bad intent could be watching, obviously. That goes for anything. But we went to this website and saw, like, literally people are just, it's kind of like Peyton. Mm-hmm. We just, um, oh, you know what it was? It was because hashtag girls was trending, wasn't it? Yes. Remember that? So we clicked on that hashtag and it showed just, like, you know, girls existing and, and doing webcams. Like, this is a safe, I'm assuming it's a safe for, um, like, a non-nudity kind of site. Yeah, they had an adult category, but everything else was presumably not adult. But what it looks like is it's basically just kind of, like, live YouTube, where there's people always available that are just streaming. They have rooms, they have fans, they have people who check in when they're there, and they have a little chat box that they can be chatting in. So we were just curious, like, what is this? And Alex quickly signed up and joined just to be able to be like, pop in and be like, hey, what is this? Yeah, because we popped into one of those gr- uh, girls. Yeah, she had like a hundred people watching her, this like random girl. Wasn't she just drawing or something too? No, I don't think she was drawing. She was like literally just like talking to the camera, I think. I, I thought she was like drawing or something. I don't remember. I I mean, I don't know if we're confusing her with Peyton at this point. Either way, <laughs> you know? I, I asked in the chat, like, what even is this? And they talked about how you could just like just talk and and chat with people and, and she was like oh you could join you could start streaming too it was it was really interesting but apparently this is a big site and a lot of young kids use it or young people use it 
immediately I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what Peyton was doing. Now, I don't know that Peyton had a chat box available for people to like message her or whatever, but the premise of just kind of like, you know, broadcasting herself is apparently something people are actively doing, which I, I failed. I still like, I've talked about this. I really fail to understand like the purpose of it. I couldn't imagine being some young teenage girl broadcasting myself to the internet anyway. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine the kind of, like, it seemed innocent enough. Like, we were literally on that website for like 30 seconds once we got into a person's profile. But it made me think, like, I can't imagine all the kind of terrible shit that they probably get sent. I imagine they get that kind of stuff. I would think so. I I mean, the thing that I'm kind of curious about is, like, if I could even wrap my mind around the appeal of somebody hosting themselves that way and like you know showing sharing themselves that way i really can't wrap my my mind around why would somebody want to watch that and like comment and stuff it is interesting though because i never understood peyton doing this when i first saw it Mm -hmm. i didn't realize that this existed yeah but very recently at work i had the idea what if i were to live stream myself so that my wife could watch me (laughs) i'm not saying that you would I mean, remember when you you recorded a little video to give me a sampling of what it would be like? I know, and it was boring as hell. (laughs) But I I mean, it was precious. You know, in my head at work, it was a good idea. It was precious. (laughs) It was just Alex sitting there, typing and and living his life. It was very sweet. He kept occasionally glancing at the camera. It was very sweet. Very sweet. Well, anyway. Anyway. Brooke's dancing in front of the little webcam. (laughs) I wouldn't call it dancing. She does a little flash and then, like, runs off. And Peyton's like, hey! And she's like, it's what they're for. That's true. She does say that. Which is interesting. Is Brooke in her cheerleading outfit? Yeah. They're getting ready to go to the game. We transition now. We're on a school bus. And Whitey is standing at the head of the bus while all the kids are filing on. All the basketball kids, anyway. And they're sitting down. Lucas is sitting in his own seat. Nathan is probably in his own seat or with Tim. Mm -hmm. And Whitey is up there. And saying that he is going to choose the music. And he came up with rules, too, that you can't even, like, talk or anything. Oh, yeah, because they should be sitting there focusing on the game or whatever. It's a very Dan Scott moment, honestly. That's so crazy. I know. It's funny. I mean, it's it's funny because I'm not the one living it. (laughs) And I don't know where Pickerington is. It's supposed to be, like, I, I would guess no more than an hour away. But, like, the one game or whatever that you play every season, that's fairly far away. Like, I had one that was, like, an hour away. There was a Pickerington in Ohio. Oh, well, it's probably not that far. No, because I know that that's where, that's where my high school played in the championships of the year that they won. Interesting. Yeah. So that was really nice. Were they also the Hicks? There was a lot of them. Yeah. We weren't called that. The Pickerington, I meant, not you. Oh. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe. Actually, I don't know what they were. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was a nickname. It wasn't what they were actually called. I don't remember, honey. Why do you have to be this way? Oh, my God. Well, anyway. Whitey chooses the music. He puts this little tape in. What music is he listening to? I don't know what it's called. I don't, like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, sometimes. And it's like some sort of like 50s, like lounge kind of music. Definitely not the kind of music you think would get somebody hyped up for a basketball game. Absolutely not. It's the kind of music I would choose. It's the kind of music that would be playing in the elevator at a nursing home. Kind of reminds me of Parks and Recreation. When Leslie was waiting for her the election results. But she was boxing to try to relieve some stress while she's waiting for the results. And she's got headphones in. And you hear her take a headphone out when she's boxing. And it's Sarah McLaughlin. I will remember you. Oh. I, th- I think. 
I don't remember, honestly. Or something like that. It always makes me laugh. I mean, I get it. I, like, have been on the elliptical at a gym listening to Bob Dylan. Like, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I was also just the other night, I was dancing in the kitchen to that, like, cello song. And, like, I was breaking it down. That's true. She was listening to some Yo-Yo Ma last night. And she was, it sounded... I was really... I don't, I don't know what it sounded like. We had very squeaky floorboards in our kitchen, and they were squeaking up a storm. She was using headphones, so all you could hear was just like the squeaking, like a 70s bebop girl. It was very... Uh, I was getting a lot of steps. It's good. Anyway. <laughs> um, and we see, on, on the bus, we also see Lucas, of course, reading his Steinbeck, because what white male, you know, reader wouldn't be reading a Steinbeck on the bus. Honestly, that, I think he was reading Of Mice and Men. He that, was. That book is only like 98 pages or something. Well, he's probably like, I'll get in a quick read before I do my next jump shot or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's also listening to his little mix from Peyton, which is adorable. It is. Yeah. So this is where we transition. Yeah. To the school that they're going to. And we actually see, for the first time in a while, it feels like a while, the person for whom we named this podcast after. (laughs) Mouth is back. Guess who's back? Back back again. again. Are you going to play that song here? And one of my favorite things about this episode is Mouth. Because he has my favorite line. I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up right now, right here. This is, without a doubt, my favorite line of the entire episode. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, from the sticks of Pickerington, where the pirates always suck and the livestock is nervous. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? You don't know? I mean, you know, it's interesting. We went to the dog park today, Uh and our dog ran into another dog. Oh. That wouldn't stop licking his crotch. Oh my god, this other dog was assaulting our dog. He was. He was lapping at his penis with an incredible fervor. And our dog was like growling and please respect my boundaries. And this other dog was like glued to his dick. So it makes me wonder when it says the livestock is always nervous. Are the, the livestock is nervous because these hicks are going to suck them? I don't think they're going to suck them. Well... It says where they always Drop suck. that S, add an NF. That's what I think. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I I think that the joke is like the livestock is nervous because it never knows when it's going to get its next like. Well, that's sad. I know. It's a crime, you know. And, as it should be. I have a big problem with it, as most people are. Pickerington sounds like a terrible place. Well, I think that's the joke, I think. Yeah. Although we meet some Pickerington people, and they don't, and they don't they give don't a good impression. Redeem it at all? They don't. They don't. Which Haley is sitting right next to uh, Mouth, so they know each other, which makes sense because Haley and Lucas were always good of friends, and Lucas was always hanging out at the River Court. I don't remember if they were talking to each other. I mean, it was like a two second scene. It so was basically she... just Mouth being like, "Hey, we're at you know Ravensoups.com, Pickerington, fucking sheep." And then it's like, Haley, do you want to add anything? You know, she's like, I don't want to be a part of your lunacy or something like that. Honey, that's so good. And then, but then it transitions over to Brooke and Peyton walking into the gym and they're having a quick conversation about Lucas. Yeah. And they're talking about, you know, Brooke actually mentions you should hook up with him. And Peyton says, well, I don't think so. Well, Peyton's basically like, I'm really not interested. She's, I think she's bluffing though. Okay. 
Yes, we know that Peyton is interested in Lucas. That's very clear at this point, that she has some sort of connection with him. But I think it is worth mentioning this, especially for people who have not watched the show before, or people who have, and just want a reminder, that this is a scene where Peyton is like, no, I don't think so. And she's like, okay, well, Brooke's like, okay, well, you have the weekend because after that, your cur- my courtesy hold or your courtesy hold will expire. And she goes, there is no courtesy hold. You can have him now if you want to. Like, I don't care. And I just think that's interesting. It I just is think interesting. it's interesting. See, it's interesting to me too. Like, it does seem like Peyton has problems saying what she wants. Oh, to yes. Her, even to her friends. She has, a, she has a lot of problems expressing herself verbally. She can express herself in art and in music and acting out, but she can't really express herself in words very well. Yeah, because I, I thought, like, as good of friends as Brooke and Peyton are, which we don't know the full extent of yet, but you would think that they'd have an easier time talking to you. Like, they would talk to each other about boys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was just, I was kind of surprised about that. But then Brooke, she's like, You want know what I think? I think Nathan likes Tudor Girl, but I think Tudor Girl likes Lucas. And I know I like Lucas, and I don't know who the hell you like anymore. This is all turning into one big love. Rectangle plus one, whatever that is. I think she looks over and she sees Nathan giving Haley the nod. Oh, yes, that's when the nod happens. Yeah, which I didn't, I missed it when we were watching it because I was typing. But I saw the nod earlier when he was like nodding at her, like, yes, my lady, come to the game. I remember when I was in middle school and before I was going to high school, I think my sister told me how people would nod to each other in the in the ho- in the hallways and that's how like you would know that you were cool with them. And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Yeah, they'll nod to you. They'll just look at you and go and they'll like give you a little nod. And like an upwards nod." And I remember being like, "How do I do that?" And I felt so silly, but I would try to do it in the hallway that would give people nods. <laughs> it was very awkward. I don't think I pulled it off, but okay. I think you pulled it off beautifully. Okay. Now um, we're actually playing the game. Yeah. The game and drama ensues here. And honestly, I'm pretty sure the score was like 29 to 9 or something like that. I don't know. Like, Tree Hill was definitely winning. Oh, yeah. But they were getting into some heated arguments because, you know, even though they're winning by so much, they had a foul. I didn't even know the re- You know a lot more about the reason for the argument. I just thought they were just, like, arguing because they don't like each other. No, he gave up, like, a foul because I know that guy went to the uh, free throw line to throw uh, the uh, Pickerington guy. Mm-hmm. Shot a couple free throws. Okay. Which he made both of them. And... Nathan made a comment to Lucas about Haley, like he can't wait to get with her, you know, you know what I mean, or, or something like that. You know, oh, yeah, he was like, yeah, Haley's, oh, yeah, they're on, the, they're on the, the foul line, yeah. And he's like, Haley's looking pretty fine tonight. Can't wait to get with that, you know what I'm saying? And Lucas is like, fuck. Yeah, and Lucas says it. that. And then he makes both of the free throws. Uh-huh. So then they have to do an inbounds pass. Okay. Lucas walks over and says to Peyton. Hey, so I saw Nathan in the shower. Yeah, no wonder you broke up with him. Boom. I know. And this is when I think Nathan throws the ball at Lucas's oh, head. Oh, I thought he just like straight up attacked him. No, because I thought that <laughs> didn't Nathan throw the ball at like Lucas's head or something? And then Lucas like tackled him into the thing. And then you can see Haley in the back like putting her covering hands over her eyes. Her, like, what am I seeing? Oh my God. I don't remember who. I, I know that it just turned very quickly into a physical altercation and they both get thrown out of the game. Yeah. And then Whitey is really upset because they're on the same team. Yeah. And in the process, there's all kinds of rumble and tumble. And in the process, Brooke gets her, her little ankle gets sprained or swollen or something. And she falls to the ground and goes, pain. And then, (laughs) uh, you know, 
all that drama went down and here we are. Star players thrown out, head cheerleader with a broken or harmed ankle. So then it goes from that physical altercation and it shows the team driving back to Tree Hill. Mm -hmm. And Whitey makes an interesting comment. Oh, he's like, we almost lost our winning season, which is just hilarious that they lost. They had two of their five starters kicked out and of the game and they still won. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. And I just think it's funny. I understand why he would get upset, though, because you can't have your own team fighting each other. Oh, for sure. Because it's been a couple episodes now and they've never gotten along. Which they don't have to get along, but they have to play with each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Whitey does something that no school, no coach, and I don't believe the 90s were any different. Is this when the no, show came out? No, this is 2003. Baby, every single episode you ask me, when did this come out? Er, let, let me just be clear. I want to say something. Earlier today, we were writing something for the podcast, and Alex made a reference to OJ Simpson. And he said... Wait, when did O.J. Simpson happen? And I was like, the early 90s. And he was like, oh. And I was like, did you just want to make sure that the O.J. Simpson was before One Tree Hill? And he was like, yeah. Baby, my darling. One Tree Hill. Early 2000s. It has never been in the 90s. You make it reference to the 90s all the time. Never the 90s. Early 2000s. Early aughts, as people say. Early what? Aughts. Have you ever heard that? No. It's something I've only really heard on like E.T. Like Entertainment Tonight. Oh. Or like Miss Mojo. Why do you have to be this way? What, what way? The kind of way where you chastise me. Where I chastise you? Think about this. Okay. No coach, be it from 1990 to 2000 <laughs> to 2010 to 2020, would get away with this. I don't think. I don't think. Because what did he do? Whitey straight up kicks these boys off the bus and abandons them in the middle of nowhere. How many miles away? 30 miles away. And he didn't even let them get their wallet and their phone. Like, they both left their stuff on the bus. Presumably because they thought that they would be able to get back on and they wouldn't actually leave, yeah, right? Yeah, I would guess that what they were told, Whitey was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Let's go off the bus. And he was going to, they probably thought, okay, Whitey's going to sit us, like, he's going to, like, have a talk with us outside, away from everybody else. But Whitey sends them outside and literally drives away with the school bus. And it's not that they are just, like, they are in the middle of nowhere. There's no street lights. It is, like, forest all around them. So shortly after they left, I guess. But, man, Whitey. Uh, Ernest says, well, what do we do now? And Lucas says, we start walking. And this is where they begin the long journey home. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, while their little journey is just starting... Um, we're, we're kind of putting together the girl group still. Brooke is getting treated for her twisted ankle by some Dr. College boy. She's flirting with him in some skeevy way in order to get some painkillers. And all she does, I don't know what she does because he's like, oh, I really shouldn't give you any. And she's like, grabs his hand and kind of, I'm assuming she grabs his hand and kind of pulls it toward her. Because she changes positions a little bit and then he's like melts and is like, okay, here you go. So I've always wondered, like, does she like pull his hand to like touch her in some way? Or like, was she just kind of like, what does she do? I didn't see her touch him at all. I don't know. If she, that's what I'm saying. It's off camera, but she's adjusting positions and leans forward. And suddenly he's like moving forward and is like, 
oh, oh I'll give you painkillers. Like, what I got from it, it was she kind of readjusted herself. So like more of her, like her long legs, which are, are pretty much just, just bare because she's wearing a cheerleading outfit. Yeah. And like, you know, she's exposing her legs more. And the guy who's never seen a girl's legs is like, holy shit. And of course I'll give you pills. But like literally, I don't know, the way they do it, I've always wondered, did she touch him in some way or kind of like do something? I don't know. It's always, I've never been able to assess what was happening there. It's feminine wiles. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's all okay. it takes. All right. It wouldn't work on me. Mm. I would think that, you know, that's a fast track to stop being in the position you're in when you start giving medicine to people that don't need it. Right. Or, yeah, obviously, she, you know, a painkiller would be nice, but giving her more just because she's asking and showing leg and all that. And, okay, so at, he gives her two pills. The first one he gives her, and then she says, oh, well, one for tomorrow. He gives her another. Then is turning around to get her some water and is saying to her, oh, these are really strong. Only take half every 24 hours. So why did he give her two? He could have just given her one and been like, okay, take half of it now and then take the other half tomorrow and that will cover you for two days. I didn't think about that. I thought of it every single time I've watched this show. That's a good point. <laughs> Downs both of them. She does. Without any water or anything. That's Dry right swallows. Oops. Yep. And she's like really pleased with herself. And those pills seem to take effect pretty fucking quickly. Oh, yeah. Because she, she comes out. She stumbles out into the hallway. Just as we walk in, she sees, she's not really processing this probably, but we've been looking at and watching Haley and Peyton having a little conversation. So this is where I want to bring up an interesting point. Because Peyton, being a fellow cheerleader, has a reason to be waiting for Brooke. Well, yeah, she's she drove Brooke and her there, too. So she's, like, obviously waiting, you know. Or, Which that's kind of interesting. she didn't drive them there. Brooke drove her there because they're in Brooke's car. Right. What's interesting is, I remember at my high school, anyway, I was in the band. But when we would go to, like, away football games and stuff like that, we had a band bus football team had their own bus cheerleaders went on the football bus mm-hmm. so i'm kind of surprised that the cheerleaders don't all go on like they had plenty of seating you know what i mean well there's no other cheerleaders around so maybe brooke and peyton just went on their own because they felt like it you know because well, i i know that like if i were in school and i had wanted to go to my tennis match on my own i probably would have been allowed to but i like why was i gonna do that i could just go on the bus you know right so I'm guessing that they are, they just kind of went together. And so Peyton has to wait for Brooke because Brooke drove them. So she's waiting to make sure she's cool and she could go back with him. So the main problem I'm having here, just to set all of that up, is Haley walks by. What in the world is Haley still doing at this other high school over 30 miles away from Tree Hill? How did she get there? And why is she still there? You know, I don't know. And what's interesting is as you were talking, I remember Peyton kind of asks her that. And she says, oh, I'm thinking about transferring. And she's joking. But then I don't remember what actual answer she gives. That was the answer, I thought. I thought I she thought then like they... said like, oh, just kidding. And then said something else. But I don't remember. Oh, I thought she said, you know, I'm thinking of transferring. Just kidding. Like, what are you doing here? Like, I thought she ignored it. Oh, you know, maybe she did. Because they don't really have a good way to explain that. Then Brooke comes out stumbling, and then they start going to Brooke's car. And Brooke wraps, drapes herself all over Haley and is, like, adorable with her and is like, oh, who are you? I should call you Brooke. And, like, she, like, renames her Brooke and stuff. Um, and it's very sweet. And they get to Brooke's car, and they put Brooke in the back seat because she's, like, falling apart. And Peyton's like, all right, well, cool. Like, do you want to ride? And she was like, 
And Haley's like, oh, no, I'm going to get the last fan bus. And Peyton was like, oh, they already left. Oh. So maybe what happened was, like, Haley was going to go to the bathroom, and then she was playing and jumping on the fan bus and got distracted because she was talking to Peyton. And then the last fan bus left. It, it still seems weird to me because I would think that the reason Peyton and Brooke are there later than because there's no one else around, right? Like everyone is clearly gone. And the only, it doesn't make sense to me that Haley would just kind of naturally still be there because who is she waiting for? Where's Mouth also? We don't know where Mouth is. I mean. Mouth, he's a fan. You would have thought though that he would wait with her because it's clearly they were sitting together. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's a good setup, but it's well, just weird. Honestly, now that you mention all that, the timeline is off anyway. Because it presumably it wasn't the very end of the game when that altercation happened. So it took that long just for him. To, he bandaged her ankle up, right? It took him that long to bandage her ankle and give him two pills or give her two pills. Enough time that everybody went to the locker room and decompressed from the game enough to get on the bus to leave. You know that game does not end and they immediately 10 minutes later are on the bus and out of there. That's just not how fast it works. No, you're right. I mean, honestly, it is obviously, like, the the timeline is off. Yeah. But it is... Somebody needs to explain this to me. Or I'm going <laughs> to lose my shit. Okay? Where are you at, Mark Schwann? We don't want to talk to you. Yeah, you fucking asshole. <laughs> so now we actually transfer over to Lucas and Nathan. Walking in the middle of nowhere, bitching at each other. We wouldn't be out here if you never joined the team. No, we wouldn't be out here if you weren't such a jackass about me joining the team. Why do you want my life so bad anyway, man? <laughs> Dude, don't flatter yourself, are right? you? But the last person I want to trade places with. Oh, yeah? Well, all I know is you came out of nowhere and started grabbing everything you could from me. My game, my girl. Oh, wow. To me, it's like very, it's really like very transparent of all the reasons he's having issues with Lucas. Like, he literally says, you start grabbing anything you could from me. Like, that is... That's like a threatening feeling, I would imagine, because he says like, you know, all the things in his life, like his team and his girlfriend and all these things. And it's like, it's kind of true. I mean, we see it from Lucas's perspective, mostly. But if you think about it from Nathan's perspective, his life is going really well. He's finally junior year, finally at the place where he's going to start getting attention for his basketball from like scouts and stuff. Like he's finally in a place where he has a lot more power. And then suddenly this guy who also happens to be his half fucking brother which is already sensitive and weird, comes out of nowhere and is apparently amazing at basketball and is taking his main position. His girlfriend dumps him and is clearly into him. Like, that is a difficult position to be in. Just imagine what that would feel like. It is interesting, too. I, I do like how Nathan straight up says that. Right? You know, because not many people, I don't think, would be that forthcoming with that feeling, that those thoughts. You know what I mean? Especially some high school jock. So it is nice that he like straight up says like exactly how he's feeling. I know it is really nice. I mean, it's kind of I never cool. thought about that. Um, well, I never really noticed it. It's because we're taking notes. I never really noticed it before. <laughs> they're like obviously desperate for any way to get out of here because they're like in the middle of nowhere, and a car drives up and is like, "Hey, Ravens!" And Nathan, being like the fool that he is, is like, because Lucas is like, "I probably don't like. I wouldn't take that ride if I were you. That doesn't seem like a good idea." And Nathan's like, well, you're not me and you never will be. And then Nathan gets dragged into the car and this is what happens. Get in or the superstar dies. <laughs> so Lucas has to get in or else they will straight up murder Nathan. Yeah, which I mean, how many sociopaths do you run into on the way to... In Hickory? Or Pickering? <laughs> Pickering. Pickerington. 
Hickering. I, like that though. I think Hickering is what they should be called. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So they are seen driving away with Lucas and Nathan. And we transfer back. I think this is actually where we see Brooke and Peyton it, and Haley. I, I think it is. They're getting in. I was actually wondering whose car it was. I thought it would be Brooke's. Because obviously Brooke's it's not Peyton's. No, it is Brooke's car. So, and I've never seen these. Like It's a little Volkswagen, right? Yeah. I've never seen a convertible. They were super popular when I was when we were in high school. Were they? Yes. They were very that. popular girl cars. Like a lot of rich girls had those cars. Little VW bugs with the convertible top. You know, it's interesting. I don't know if I ever paid attention to the rich girl cars when I was there. Well, I had a friend who was a rich girl and she had one of those cars. And they were really cute and I was jealous. Hmm. Okay. Well, either way, they decide to they get in and uh, Peyton says, you know, as long as you don't touch the radio, we'll be cool. I think that line is so annoying. I, I actually quoted that, took that down too. Don't just the stereo, we'll have a problem. Okay. I like too, it's not even her car and she's like making these rules up. I also just feel like, why are people like this? I don't know. Like, why? Are, like, I can't imagine. I would be like, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, like, let's find something we both like. Like, why are people like this? So, how would you feel? If you got into a car with some, if you gave somebody a ride that you didn't know very well, and they reach over and turn the radio to like hardcore country, they were rude. What would you do about it? I don't know. It depends on the vibe with that person, but I'd probably be like, "Oh, can we change the channel?" Like I'd probably say something, but more than likely, I'd be like, "I would be like, that's so rude." Like I don't know what I would say. I think I would be like, "No," <laughs> and, but I, but I think it would be more like, "Oh, can we find something else?" or. We Whatever. are not listening to Toby Keith in this car. Is that what you'd say? <laughs> I just keep coming back to, if I were giving someone a ride, I'd be like, oh, hey, is there anything you want to listen to? Then they might say what they like, and if I thought that the, what they liked sucked, I would maybe suggest something else, and then we would find a middle ground. Or we put on a radio station that, even if I didn't like it, is neutral territory because it's a radio station. I would not be like, we'll have a problem if you touch the stereo. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I know Peyton's supposed to be all like, she's into her music, but I just feel like people like that in general annoy me. It's like, calm down. What's going to happen to you if you listen to a song you don't like? You'll be okay. You'll survive. I just can't stand it. I think it's annoying. It's <laughs> very funny. Well, nevertheless. So then we actually see Nathan and Lucas with all of these Hickerington jocks. Love it. So these little hicks driving the car with Nathan and Lucas decide to go to this little convenience store and they take all their clothes off. <laughs> they well, undress them slowly. That's what I was imagining. <laughs> well, they do. They undress them at whatever pace they'd like <laughs> and they actually paint on their back. Ravens suck. Yep. And they give them a list of embarrassing things supposedly to go inside for. Hemorrhoid cream and Vagisil and shit like that. And Playgirl. Which, like, what kind of convenience store on the side of the road has, like... Hemorrhoid cream, but I don't know, maybe in Hickerington. Hickerington. It looked like they had a little restaurant in there and all mm-hmm. that. So this is a different kind of convenience store than I'm used to anyway. Yeah, true. So the guy is at the counter and he calls the cops because he's like, what the fuck? This Are ain't these, right. These two boys in here walking around just their underwear? This is Hickerington. <laughs> this isn't downtown Miami. <laughs> so then they leave the store. One of the things in the car, because you got thing... Thing one and thing three. Yep. And they're like, where's the playgirl? Or whatever. Oh, they actually hear the cops. They hear they hear the sirens. The cops are coming. They're coming for them. Mm-hmm. And they book it out of there. 
I feel like we'd probably go to the dinner sometime during this whole portion. I think we are getting to that point, actually. Because I have it down further. Yeah. But I'm just surprised it's taken so long. I think we maybe, maybe didn't remark on it earlier. Dan and Deb, Keith and Karen at this dinner together. And they get seated together because the last name thing, I think, you know, Roe, Scott, they all get seated together at this little table with two other people. And they've been just generally throughout the episode kind of flashing back and forth to them. They're having conversation with the people at their table. They're talking about how exactly Dan and Keith are both in the car business in different ways. Keith running a shop, Dan having a dealership. And Dan is being an absolute tool. Dan is being the worst possible Republican type. Because he's making um, comments about Keith not having any like drive or motivation at all or something uh-huh. like that. Being like one of the reasons he succeeded. Yes. Where Keith says, oh, I thought it was all Deb's money or his, you know, her parents' money or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. It, I thought it was Deb's father who bankrolled your, your dream or whatever. And he's like, well, actually. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. Yes, I did get a small loan from Deb's father who took a chance on me. Keith, you can talk about being a self-made man, but self-made into what? Excuse me. And then Keith yeah. gets upset and walks away. He's honestly like such a tool. He's really a tool. Like it's a it's a honestly kind of like a horrible little scene. Um, but it just kind of shows like the the night for them is progressively getting more and more heated. Just to kind of catch us up for where we've been there because we've been kind of neglecting that storyline. So we actually go back and we see Lucas and Nathan standing in front of these thingies as I <laughs> as I wrote down in my in my notes, and they're saying, "Hey guys, we're going to watch you fight." to the death and we're going to give the winner a ride home this is gladiator so lucas says hey we're not going to fight there's no scenario in which we would fight and nathan's like hey bitch and then gives him a right hook (laughs) or something like that can i just also point out okay so the three guys that the three things as you will um that have kidnapped them one of them is a guy who i saw in a ton of movies tv movies when i was a kid and he played, I believe he played Xander in the Disney Channel original movie Brink. And he's the one that's kind of like the leader of the group. And he's like, the game's called Gladiator. Get to it. Like the guy that does that with the big eyes, who looks kind of like a really douchey Brendan Fraser. Like he, <laughs> he, um, I just think every time I see him in anything, he's always a total dick. He's a bully and a dick in everything I've ever seen him in. I saw him in Escape from Witch Mountain which is Disney Channel original, and Brink as Xander. In both cases, he was horrible. And I just want to point that out. <laughs> He's just a horrible person. He's a horrible person. Um, but yeah, they start fighting. They start rolling around. And he's like beating the hell out of him on top of the car. And Lucas is like, dude, we shouldn't be... Like, through getting hit and pummeled, he's like, Nathan, we should be hitting them, fighting them, not each other. But then Nathan takes shit into his own hands. Nathan rolls over off of the car off of lucas grabs the keys that the idiots left in the car and says hey bitch what are you gonna do about this it's awesome it's if a, i take it's a these, good move if i throw these keys you're not going anywhere give me those keys back motherfucker <laughs> and he says you know what we're gonna play a game clothes for keys yep gives him a house key you give me a sock or give me you know, give me give me my little sweatpants mm-hmm. you know what i mean so they play that little game and it actually switches over and we see the girls driving down this little highway. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the gaslight pops on. 
Brooke in the back seat having a wild time throwing her pom-poms out. Oh, she's just she's high as a kite and living her best life. Which is interesting because didn't it look like the pom-poms were being left out of the passenger side? I when don't it know. showed the car driving forward, but when it showed inside of the car, her throwing them out on the driver's side? I did definitely did not process any of that. Well, I don't know. I think so maybe. Anyway, the gaslight comes on, and they have the shortest period of time ever to get gas because they suddenly pull off the side of the road. They're like, shit, what do we do now? Haley's like, hey, I saw a petrol station like 15, or no, like a mile or no, two No, she's back. a couple miles back. And she's like... You know, if I don't make it back, call my parents. She's going after that fucking gas. <laughs> but then Peyton ultimately is like, no, I'll go with you. Like, you shouldn't go alone. Which is interesting because they end up leaving Brooke in the car. Yeah. Alone. They block Brooke in the car. In a drugged out state, I'll have you know. Yeah, which is really like, I mean, I've said this before. I will say it again. This is the beginning of a Crime Junkie episode. Brooke in her cheerleader uniform, abandoned in the backseat of a VW Bug. High as a kite, alone, in the middle of nowhere. Hickering to people all around. I'm just glad she's okay. In the end. I was very surprised that, you know, they left her like that. Right. Because while she was loopy and zany, like, she could have come with. She, she totally could have walked with. Like, there's no reason. Oh, I guess her ankle Oh, that's true. I guess. was hurt. That's true. I guess her ankle was Because they hurt. did have to help her out of the car still, didn't they? Yeah. When she had the medicine, when she was first starting to get high. Yeah. Because she asked Haley, like, who are you? I don't like that name. I'm going to call you... Brooke. So now I remember things. Yeah. Um, so this is actually like Peyton and Haley walking down the highway, talking to each other. And they're actually getting pretty close. They're bonding and they're talking about life. They're talking about Nathan. They're talking about Lucas. And like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about them? What did you mean when you said, be careful? Haley says to Peyton. I love that that's brought up too, because I feel like that's something we both noted in that episode of like, that's kind of an interesting thing for a girlfriend to say, you know? Yeah, they have a really interesting little exchange here. So you didn't answer my question. Do you like him? It it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it would be too weird around Lucas. That's his problem. You've got a life to live, too. It just seems kind of selfish. Why? Did he ask you if he could go out with me? Did he ask you out? No. That's not the point. No, he wouldn't ask permission. So why should you? Would you say yes if he asked you out? It depends. What song is playing? I think it's hilarious that Peyton says she would decide if she was going to say yes to going out with Lucas based on what song was playing. That was interesting. Well, I mean, like, listen, I get that you're a dramatic bitch, but like, if you don't know if you want to go out with somebody unless they have a, like the right mood song playing, you probably just don't want to go out with them. I think that it makes sense, though, because if you hear, oops, I did it again, you might think, damn, do I really want to do this again? <laughs> but if you hear, I want it all or nothing at all. Yes. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it from the perspective of, like, 16-year-olds, we overvalue our music and we feel like everything has to be a movie. And But I think it's funny that she's, like, they're having, like, a, I think they're having a, a heart-to-heart conversation. And so I believe she means this seriously. Like, oh, I don't know if I'd say yes. It just depends on all these different things. And I just think it's, like, annoying. Yeah. So, like, I understand. I don't really, I don't even know if there was ever any songs playing when I've asked somebody out. 
I mean, listen, every woman, every girl, I would imagine every dramatic woman or girl has imagined, or Dawson Leary, have imagined like perfect mood lighting, perfect music. We have, we've like envisioned ourselves as the star of our own feature film and are imagining all the romance of the world if we're being asked out or something. But that's not like real. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just, like, cute. And also, like, why are her standards so high for going out with Lucas? When she went out with Nathan, he treated her like garbage. Like, not that she shouldn't have high standards. I'm just saying, like, what happened? <laughs> you know? I don't know. It's just, like, a funny thing. It's This is something we're arguing. I mean, we're discussing more than it warrants. But yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> well, now, speaking of total tools, this is where we see Dan being a total tool at the dinner table. Dan is talking to Keith. And they're trying to have a little conversation because obviously Deb feels bad because she knows. What does she see in Dan? She, I just don't know. Well, he. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because Keith straight up asks her in this scene, why are you staying with Dan? Because Dan is such a dick. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, you know, someday he's the man I fell in love with and other days I don't know. I have Nathan to consider. In the same way that you are considering Lucas, you know, in this whole situation between you and Karen. Because really the conversation starts because she... Is coming over being encouraging and supportive of of Keith in this whole exchange with Dan, but is also like, you know, you and Karen are hot stuff together. Which they are. Honestly, they, they look like a, a nice couple. They look like a really nice couple together. I mean, it's very limited screen time so far, but let's. I'm hoping that there's more to come. She's really nice. Like, Deb is so nice in this scene. I just love her in this scene because she's so, like kind to Keith after Keith has been so mistreated by Dan. She's so kind and is just like, well, you're like, you deserve something wonderful. And like everybody, you guys would be great together. And she's just really sweet. And it makes me happy for Keith because he was like, oh, like I've always kind of wanted to, but I've never really pursued it. And they have this little kind of conversation, very, very sweet kind of heart to heart dynamic. And then he asks her about like why she's with Dan. And like, it's, it's a, it's a really good little conversation, I think. See, that's why I always like Deb. Yeah. Because she did the same. She's like trying to do like the right, nice thing towards people that Dan is kind of doing the terrible things to. Uh-huh. Like she did in the previous episode, not in the last episode, but in a previous episode when Deb went to Karen's diner. Yes. Just to try to like say, hey, we don't have to be what the past was. Yeah. You she's like I mean? very much, she's very comfortable with being the bigger person. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And like making the first move she seems like a very honestly it kills me because she seems like this very like confident and like put together woman in these early episodes you know she is it's interesting so we move on nathan has pulled a sneaky on the thingies oh yeah because when he had those keys he threw them in the woods supposedly yeah, because basically he ends up, they, they've reached the end, they've exchanged all the clothing pretty much, and they're kind of waiting for their keys back. Or there's one piece of clothing still left as they're doing that exchange. And he's like, you know what, I can live without my shirt, screw all of you things. And he throws the keys into the forest, and the guys have to look for them, and they've run off. But then we find out. Nathan actually had the car key, and he just threw the key ring. Yep. So Pretty they, awesome. They get into the car. They start it. And he... Oh, and Luke, can I just add this part? Because it's so funny. Lucas says, well, what if it's stolen? What are we going to do? If it's stolen, it'll be all pinned on us. I think this is hilarious because what proof or reason do they have to believe that these boys first stole a car and then kidnapped them? I just think it's funny. Anyway. It is funny. Go like, on. He's jumping to a lot of like very worst case scenarios here. So he starts this car 
And he leans out the window and says, Pickerington sucks. And then he just floors the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And they're stuck in dirt. And they aren't going anywhere. And this is actually where we first see a scene that we saw earlier in the episode, the very beginning of the show. Yes. We saw this part where they were stuck in the mud. We didn't know why they were in this predicament, but now we do. Now we do. And they say, oh, shit. Well, let's just run out of here like we could have done earlier. Of course, earlier, they could have driven. Well, they left the keys there. You know, honestly, they should have got out and took the key with them. That way they couldn't have oh, followed. Oh, for sure. They should have t- taken the keys and thrown them that for real that time, you know? Yeah. So they get out of the car and they run away, which then means the things come back to the car and they obviously get it unstuck and they go stalking. Also, before they get it unstuck, they're running after them. And they start oh, yeah. screaming different things like, oh, we'll catch you or whatever. And as the scene is going to black, all you hear is the voiceover. They can run, but they can't hide. <laughs> and it just cracks me up every time. I don't know why. It's just so funny to me. That's such a, that's such a line. Like such a silly thing. I mean, I don't know. Like there's so much of this that's just completely goofy, but it's funny. So now we actually go back and see Haley and Peyton. They're still walking to the gas station and they actually end up there. But when they get there, it's really depressing for them because the gas station is closed. Oh, yeah. Because this is Hickerington Central, okay? <laughs> Downtown Hickerington. That's right. <laughs> and there's nobody around. It's closed. But they look over and they see a truck. So I'm assuming, like, this truck is just sitting there. So I'm thinking that this gas station might be on, like, somebody's property. Right? Maybe. Because Haley gets an idea, like, hey, come on. Let's grab a hose. Where did they get this hose from? I don't know. I don't remember. Was it in the back of the truck, maybe? Maybe. I don't remember. But then they walk over and Haley says, you know what? I am going to siphon this gas out. Hell yeah, she does. She says it by putting her mouth on those hose and starts sucking. She's st- <laughs> she does a little bit more in between, but yeah. Peyton says, well, you've had a lot of practice. Watch out for the golf ball. Oh, yeah. I suck a golf ball through garden hose, which, you know, whatever. I don't know to say about any of that. I actually don't understand that reference. I've never heard that before. You've never heard that before? I've never heard that before. That's like a... Okay. I've heard that usually people... We'll say that to somebody like they're they suck so well that they could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. I've literally never heard that. Never heard. I have never ever heard that before. Well, now you have, and I never got that joke ever. Well, now you know. Well, now I feel stupid. We don't feel stupid, honey. Well, apparently this is something everyone knows. We haven't heard everything. I haven't heard everything. I thought I had heard everything. To be honest, well, I thought I knew everything there was to know about that. About sucking? <laughs> well, about, you know, that, that general world. Oh, well. Now you know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's usually, like, whenever I've heard it, it's always been, like, it's, it's derogatory when they say it. It's always towards um, whom people call, like, like, sluts and stuff like that and whores, yeah. as they say. Jesus. Well, that's what they, that's all the context I've ever heard it in has been men being degrading towards women. Well, or people, or, or guys that they're calling gay. Yeah. So, like, I've heard that in real life, too. So, which is terrible. And she actually does, like, siphon this gas out. Which yeah, is, like, does. pretty good. Good for you, Haley. Yeah. I don't know how much gas she ended up getting out of there. Enough to get home. And luckily, the truck had some. Yep. So, I wonder how much that truck had left when she was done. Well, who cares? They're at a gas station. They're parked at a gas station. Well, They'll be true. fine. Guess, you know, they yeah, didn't totally screw them over, at least, you know? Yeah. Well, you just walk, walk, walk next door. Throw a five down. You yeah. Know? Anyway. Obviously, you know, Haley and Peyton had their little 
moment of bonding. And we kind of get that then in the next scene with Nathan and Lucas because they're waiting in the woods. They the, the Pickerington guys are driving around and like up and down, come out, come out, wherever you are, little ravens. Come on, little ravens. Little we're gonna, ravens. We're going to pluck some ravens. Oh, yep, exactly. They're just shit-talking about ravens. And so Lucas and Nathan are kind of just chilling out in the forest, kind of like, okay, let's just wait till they get bored. Yeah, I think they're like sitting down crisscross applesauce style. Something like that. <laughs> and they're having a conversation about... Um, they, somehow it kind of stumbles upon childhood and Dan. Is this their first heart to heart? Am I correct in that? I would say so. The, I would say this is the first heart to heart they have. Yeah. Because you're right. They are talking about Dan because this is where Nathan really opens up mm-hmm. about like the emotional shit that stayed with him over the years. And he brings up his little league baseball game where Nathan was using strategy for a guy that would always get home runs, uh-huh. he decided, since there's nobody on the bases, he would walk him and threw four pitches in a row that were not even close to being struck. Which, honestly, is a great strategy. It is. For a little kid in Little League to come up with, who's a little pitcher, coming up with that strategy of, oh, I'm just going to walk this kid because he... Like, that shows to me that Nathan has a very good mind for sports. He has you a know? good sports IQ. Right. And so he walks this kid. Dan comes over, grabs Nathan by the arm, and as Nathan puts it, he kicks him in the ass. Literally. As hard as he can. And he held his arm just so he wouldn't fly forward. Yeah. I couldn't imagine abusing a kid like that. Like, what did these other parents think of that? Like, I'm assuming people saw that, Well, right? what's interesting about it, so he said that Dan was the coach of the Little League team that he was on. Oh, I forgot And about so that, he yeah. was, it's very possible, I think, well, actually, I was going to say that maybe it was like practice and there weren't a lot of parents around, but no, it was a game. I don't know, because remember, Dan is very, like, respected in this community as a, like, the former high school athlete and stuff. And, like, there's a lot of people that still believe in corporal punishment for kids, you know? So it is possible that it's just culturally i mean it's possible that people are still more open to it than like we imagine people would be i don't know i mean i would be very upset if i saw that that would not be cool yeah that would be very upsetting because then he immediately he actually benches him for the rest of the game i think it's an upsetting little story and he basically is like yeah anytime you're feeling sorry for yourself by not having a dad like remember this is the dad that you missed out on like this one that treated me like shit basically yeah this is a really nice scene, honestly. It's, it's nice to see them becoming close. So then we actually go back to... The dinner? The, the little dinner. And this is where Dan's like calling for the stats. But then we actually... I forget what the prompt was for this. But Dan is obviously being a fucking tool again. And Keith brings up something about a relationship. I believe what happens is that Deb and Keith come back because they were having a little chat. They come back. Dan's really annoyed because he's like, you left me here with Karen and these two to these perfectly fine people. And Deb is, oh, and Deb's like kind of apologizing. I'm sorry, I took a while. And, and Dan makes some comment to Keith like, How you doing, boozy? All right, you know what? I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, there, you see? Your ride's leaving. I mean, she may not be much of a date, but at least she's a reliable designated driver. Dan, that's enough. You know, maybe you ought to spend a little less time worrying about my relationship and a little more time paying attention to your own. If you call chasing after my leftovers a relationship. And that, it's always funny to me, too, because after 
And actually, it's not the first time that we've heard this, but after such a terrible thing to say, uh-huh. a Scott boy says, It was a joke. All angry as if like, oh, this person is, it's so gaslighty. Isn't it? It reminds me of Nathan in the previous episode of The Beach House. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the things he said during the uh, Never Have I Ever game. 100%. Oh, it was a joke, guys. Yeah. It is a 100% like that. And you can tell that's exactly where Nathan got this behavior from. You know, they end up having get into a, getting into a big fist fight after this little exchange that they have. Yeah, so this is definitely, like, pretty bad. And everybody goes home after that from that dinner. Yeah, and then after that, directly after, I think it's directly after that, Deb basically comes up to Dan. Dan's sitting on his own. Deb comes up to him and she's, like, kind of pissed off. And Dan's something like, oh, I'm sorry things got out of hand. And Deb's like, things didn't get out of hand. You did. You're a disaster. And essentially, we need to go home. Like, the romantic weekend is ruined. Like, you're a mess, and I'm tired of this. We're just going to go home. Because she actually says, I don't know if I know you anymore. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, Dan says that he uh, found out about Nathan getting kicked out of the game. And he starts talking about his prospects. And Deb is just, like, fed up at this point. And that's when she says, I don't know if I know you anymore. And they don't stay for the romantic weekend. And it's just, it's really sad for everybody involved. It is sad. It's especially sad for Deb, who I think is still trying to kind of hold on to some vestiges of this relationship and believe acting like this is like worth her time to be in. And she, this weekend was a moment to convince herself that it, herself that it was because basketball wasn't going to be involved. And, you know, I don't know. It's a bummer. But then we see uh, Karen and Keith. You know, Keith is drunk, laying on the, on the, on the couch he has a black eye i think or some sort of injury on his head yeah she's putting peas or something frozen vegetable like on his his face to uh, you know in, in lieu of ice yeah to kind of bring down swelling and all of that and i i just have to say like i i love keith but i have no patience for women taking care of drunk men i have no patience for it i'm all tapped out for that forever in my life and I just find it annoying. I don't like seeing a woman having to, like, clean up a drunk man. Now, Karen doesn't seem to be super annoyed by it. She's talking about how... They're both kind of talking about how they sort of imagined and pretended that this was a date. And, like, they have this cute little moment between them. But then it really escalates. It does. Because when Karen says that she... Like, she mentions that Lucas called it a date for them. And she said, I pretended. And it felt good. Mm-hmm. Keith said, I pretended too. But he also said, I love you. Always have. Yeah. That is a hell of a thing to bring up. And the look on Karen's face, she is shocked by this. Yeah. And I don't think we really see any aftermath from this yet. But we will see the aftermath hopefully later yeah, on. Yeah, we will. Because um, I love it. I love where this is heading. So now the girls get back uh, with the new gas and they gas up their car and they're ready to go. And they both look in the back seat. Brooks lying there lifeless pretty much with her ass up. And they start driving. Nathan and Lucas decide, hey, we're going to take these guys on. What are we doing just sitting here waiting for them to be, like, they're being stalked? Which, how how long do you think those people stalked them? Like, I don't know the timeline of this. I'm guessing maybe, like, 20 minutes. I couldn't imagine, like, caring that much for, like, 20 minutes. I can't just, either. I can't imagine my mindset going to, I want to, like, beat people up to begin with. Yeah, tell me about and it. And do Jesus. anything that they're doing. Yeah. But I would get very bored. Oh my god, yes. So they decide, you know what, we're going to fight these pieces of shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. They start walking out of the woods, out of the little comfort zone, as Mm -hmm. they say. And you see Peyton is driving with Haley again, and he cares about you, you know. It's said. Yeah. Who is that? 
Is it Haley that says that? Haley says to Peyton, you know, he cares about you, you know? And... And Peyton's just like, yeah. And that's all she says. Now, is she talking about Lucas or is she talking about Nathan? That is actually a question that comes back, I think, in the next episode. Is it? I believe so. Oh, well, I can't wait. Yeah. And something that gets me here that we saw, this is also, this spot is seen at the beginning of the episode also, where Peyton decides that she wants to change the tunes. So she reaches in the back seat for Mm -hmm. some other CD, and I wonder how often she does... I think she did this in the comment, too. She did, when she almost hit Lucas. And it's just, it's crazy how often she takes her eyes off the road and, like, completely, like, looks in the back seat of all fucking places. Yeah. Why drive through a stoplight if you're just doing this in your daily life? You're going to get killed at some point, so, you know. So she nearly drives off the road. Also interesting enough... Is this is where the scene pops up that we saw at the very beginning with Lucas and Nathan in the middle of the road. And the girls are driving up. And mm-hmm. I, I made a note that Brooke has woken up before they actually pull up to them. And she's already seemed to sleep off the medication. Yeah. Which I find it interesting because I wonder how far away is this Pickerington. It's not that far. No. But supposedly she has already slept it off because she's like, what is this girl? Haley, doing here. Yeah. To which Peyton says, you invited her. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where they actually pull up in front of Lucas and Nathan. Yeah, but before they even do that, she, Brooke pops up. She's like, what is she doing here? And they have this exchange. And then the girl, Peyton and Haley are getting along and laughing and they're all having a good time and stuff. And Brooke says, oh my God, this is so tragic. You don't actually think you guys are going to be friends, do you? Or something like, like friends that. tomorrow. Yeah, friends you? tomorrow. Do you? I had my notes are a little swapped a little bit, so that's my fault. That's absolutely correct. It's okay. Because this is also like she says that, which is like that's a terrible fucking thing to say. Yeah. Because if anything, like think about how bad that must make uh, Haley feel. Oh yeah, for sure. Because Brooke and Peyton are already friends. Yeah, and they're popular. And Haley's just some girl that tutors. Well, the thing is, why would anyone think it was tragic or unlikely that two people would not be friends after a night like this, except for because popularity versus non-popularity. That's the only thing that makes it seem unnatural that people would become friends after this. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's what Brooke is saying is like, oh, it's tragic that you think your worlds are going to mesh tomorrow because this is like, it. this is a capsule moment. It exists only here. You will not connect after this it's just interesting but yeah the girls end up coming coming up to the guys well actually uh because my because i swapped my notes in my head i apologize lucas says something that i think is very interesting is when they have decided to fight oh yeah it goes to this other stuff and then it comes back to them and says if they take you out who am i gonna fight with and that's where nathan says same person i have yeah that's a really interesting line it is an interesting line yeah because it really makes me think about like, he truly has been fighting with Dan his entire life. Yeah. And fighting with the idea that he's never good enough. And he's yeah. never doing everything right. And that's really sad. It is really sad. But it's kind of what's cool about this episode is that we actually get that insight into Nathan for the first time without him having his guard up. You know, like, where he's actually sharing this directly. Yeah. It's really nice. It is nice. This is where the girls roll up. Mm-hmm. And I have in my notes the word madness. <laughs> where all, all of it collides and they come together and we end up seeing them. They obviously pick them up and they start start heading back to Tree Hill. And it very quickly after that transitions to the next day at school. And this is like 
a really sad part because we see Haley walking mm-hmm. and she looks over. She can see Peyton and Brooke walking together further along in the schoolyard. So they're not they're not close by any means. But she sees them walking together and Haley's thinking about what Brooke said last night. And how, like, you guys aren't going to wake up and be friends tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it sees those two walk over and they join, like, a little group and they're all, like, laughing. You see Peyton do a full 360. Yeah. Or is it or a 180. 180, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I should know that. I do more with angles and shit. <laughs> anyway, a 180. Mm-hmm. And why she suddenly did a 180 there and they looked each other in the eye, I don't know. I don't know. Because it was in the script, maybe? That's a good point. Yeah. But they look at each other and... In my notes I have, Peyton looks at Haley and puts on a face of, huh, that girl. Oh, Haley. So that's what I wrote. And And Haley looks a little bit sad. She doesn't look, like, depressed. She just seems a little bit like, yeah, I guess that was just one night. Like, that was just, like, a one-night thing, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's a little bit sad. But, like, that's that's what we end on. That's the final note we end on for the episode. That is the episode. Episode six of One Tree Hill. Yeah. Every night is another story. Yep. So let's get right into it. Okay. We are going to start talking about trivia. All right. I'm almost positive most of my trivia was was revealed as something you already knew during this. Oh, so my apologies. That is okay. I have one left. One trivia question left. Go ahead. When Peyton is watching Haley suck the gas, she is very impressed with her. And she says, wow, you're like the blank. Who is Peyton comparing Haley to? It's a name. Well, it's who, what is she comparing? I don't know. Dalai Lama? Is Dalai Lama known for sucking? Oh. We're not for sucking specifically, but for his, you know, his scrappiness and figuring out what his ingenuity. She doesn't say MacGyver, does she? No, but it's in that same vein. I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of MacGyver. I'm thinking of uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. It's like the girl version of that. Charlie's Angel. She's yes. the fourth Charlie's Angel. Yes, that's what she said. She, well, why was I helping you with it? My goodness. Well, it's okay. Well, We're not keeping tally of who gets what I right. still feel like we should have. Well, it's too We'd have to now. go back and count everything else. I don't want to do that. Nevertheless, yeah, she says, <laughs> wow, you're like the fourth Charlie's Angel or whatever. That's all I have. The other ones was going to be, what was the name of the Pickerington team? Pirates. And what event are they attending? Small Business League Dinner. See, it's interesting because that was one of my questions too is, what was Pickerington's actual like? Team well, name. you revealed it when we were first talking, and that's the reason I was like, "Oh, okay, he knows that." See, I changed my mind about that later. Okay, so that's probably why. Well, what was the license plate on the car that those thingies drove up in? Are you serious? It's actually an interesting. It's it's not an out of the realm question. I promise, and it actually goes with something they say in in the car. Our fists are real. <laughs> the license plate says thing two so the people in the car are thing thing one and thing three no way the car is thing two are you serious yes that is amazing are you serious i am serious you should check it out because i saw the license plate holy shit that is so clever and that's so funny that they would do like i feel like that's obviously something the producers thought would be funny See, uh, check it out. When you go back and rewatch this, that is hilarious. Oh my god, I will. That's so funny. All right. So uh, this one is. I was more just amazed because I'm remembering like the old days. Okay. But you see when they're at the gas station and they're sending in Lucas and Nathan Mm -hmm. uh, for their little list. Yeah. What is the price of gas? 
For unleaded. Assuming oh, shit. unleaded. Because they have two gas prices up. And the more expensive one is assumed to be like premium. 202. 142. Damn. I know. Isn't that crazy? 2003. Boom, bitch. <laughs> wow. Damn. No. Crazy. Honestly, my questions aren't, aren't great because this next one's not great. I was just kind of reaching. Okay. Because it is kind of hard to come up with like trivia for this. Um, like, what is the table number that they're sitting at at the SBL dinner? Is that the actual question you're asking? That is the question because they have a place card on the top of the table. Nine. Table three. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was the, square root. Nine is divisible by three. That's so right. here we are. Well, it's good. Math. Very good, honey. I like that you cite your sources. Thank you. <laughs> okay. That's the last one I have. Uh-huh. Um, so you already talked about it, but what were Peyton's three conditions when Lucas asks her out? You already said one. The Go song. Ahead. What song is playing? If he was giving the little, if he if he was smiling or if he was doing the little broody thing he does. Okay. <sighs> was it like the lighting or like the timing? Am I in a good mood? Oh, man. I should have, as of all things that I should have been able to pick, whether she was in a good mood, I should have been able to get that one. Damn, I was so close. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. So when we talk about favorite lines, I've already mentioned that mine is definitely when mouth comes up. and uh, something yeah. That just makes me laugh. But there's also another line that I really enjoy. But I want to ask you first, what is your favorite line? Oh, man. I would say... One of my, the funniest lines to me, it was one of my favorite parts where I laugh, is when Peyton is driving the car and it starts to run out of gas. And she's like, Brooke, why don't you put any gas in the car? And Brooke, who's sitting in the back seat, pops her head forward and looks at Haley, who she has since renamed Brooke, and says, answer the question, Brooke. And I just think it's really funny and very adorable. That um, was the line I was thinking of, because that yeah, one makes me laugh a lot. That's probably, like, to me, the funniest line, but I also love, I mean, I... This is not funny without the context, but I think it's hilarious when Dan says, What do you want from me, Deb? You leave me here with Karen and these two? I just think it's hilarious. It's so mean and just like, it's just hilarious to me. In terms of like touching or important moments, I would say probably at some point in the conversation between Nathan and Lucas. I'm not exactly sure which line I would really highlight. Perhaps the one that you mentioned at the end about like, oh, the same person I'll be fighting. Perhaps when they're talking about like, I don't know, maybe there's not a specific line, more of the connection between them in this episode I really like. I'm not great at the lines. I'm sorry. I'm not. I need to start getting better at it. You don't have to worry about it, honey. Like it was good what you said. Well, it's fine, I guess. I know this next part for me was, was pretty hard, but let's talk about favorite actors. Favorite actors or favorite characters. Oh, can I just add the line? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You came out of nowhere and you started grabbing anything you could from me. And it's my favorite because of what we talked about already. It's so succinct. It's so honest and vulnerable. And it really sums up to the re- to the viewers why is there such a problem between these two. So I, that's it. Good. Thank you for adding that. Now let's talk about our favorite character or our favorite actor for the episode. Okay. What do you think, honey? Oh, man. Well, this, was a, this episode was a true ensemble where there was almost equal parts for a lot of characters, which is ra- pretty rare, I feel like, up until this point. I would say, well, on, again, on like a fun side, I would say this was my favorite so far, my favorite Brooke episode. 
so far. Because Brooke has been a very minor player thus far. And she's still fairly minor in this, but she's very fun. She's not just, like, sexy in this one. She's she's silly and playful and childish. And it's I like seeing that side of her. I think she's adorable. And I just love her in this. So she's a great part. In terms of a more, like, serious performance, I guess... I don't even want to say more serious, but not just like purely joyful and fun. Like I feel about Sophia Bush. I would say probably Nathan, Nathan, James Lafferty. I don't know. I'm, I'm really struggling with this particular episode because like I said, they're all almost like equal players in it, but I really like him because I feel like this is an episode. He starts to get vulnerable. He teams up with, with, with Lucas. He also is like the, like he's the brains, honestly, of getting them out of this whole situation with the guys. Like, yes, he got them into it, but he's also the one that kind of comes up with how to get them out of it more. Like, I just like him in this. I think he's cool. I like that he's letting his guard down. He's really leveling with Lucas about how hard things have been for him, both in terms of Lucas and in terms of Dan. So I just think it's a really good episode for Nathan, and I think that James Lafferty plays it really well. I think you're right, because that's who I have chosen also. Really? Yes. Because it is nice to see Nathan not just be some jock yeah. who is always scowling <laughs> in yeah. Lucas's direction and coming up with things to say that he thinks will hurt people. It's yeah. nice to see him open up. He brings up his childhood. Like, this is the first time when I look back and think about this episode and this moment, I think that this is the first time that they are becoming brothers. Yeah. Because they're sitting and they're talking about deep stuff. You know, this is the first episode where he is pretty much the whole of the episode separated both from Dan and from his cronies, like Tim. Where he doesn't, and we always call them, we always refer to them as his cronies or his lackeys. But truly, like, he's not being bullied by Dan. He's not being encouraged to bully each other people by his little group. He's separate of his world and he's able to be on his own and be just be who he is in this scene and i just yeah that's interesting i haven't really thought about that but i think this is the first episode we really do see that in him too i think you're right so now that we've got that out of the way what would you rate the episode honestly i love this episode this is this episode to me has great rewatch value it's interesting it moves the story line it's funny we get different sides of each of the characters it's kind of its own, like I said, it's like a capsule episode. It exists only in this time and space, but it's wonderful because what happens in this episode propels things forward further, reach each of the relationships. So I would give this one a nine. You know, IMDb says the same exact thing. Really? Yes. Well, IMDb tends to rate them higher than we do usually. But Yeah. I know my uh, ratings are usually not the best. At least not, you know, some people say like they could You're be. a little lower. Yeah. Because I was going to say, like, like, at least an eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Because I really do like this episode. But I often try to think back. If I were to go back and watch One Tree Hill. When it was originally airing? No, just like now. If I were to just, after seeing the whole series. Mm-hmm. And I were to go back and th- an episode that I want to watch. I like this episode. But it might not necessarily be an episode that I would. If I saw ten episodes that were eight out of ten. It probably wouldn't be this one, I'm assuming. Well, one thing I I think that is worth noting for us is that, like, we recently saw in the Reddit group, there was, like, a ranking of the different seasons. And although, like, for example, I love season one, but it's not my favorite season. Even though I know it's consistently ranked as, like, the most popular season, 
I love season one, but I think the One Tree Hill, the version of One Tree Hill I love the most is when it's completely outrageous and ridiculous and crazy shit's happening and it barely makes sense and it's just lunacy. That is like my favorite version of the show. And so season one is really, to me, is the most solid TV, objectively. It's the most solid. It's probably the, the strongest writing, probably a lot of great performances. It has a lot of heart, but it's not my favorite season. And so I think that in terms of would I go back to rewatch this one, like of season one, I think it's one of the better episodes. But I probably don't, I wouldn't normally return to season one as the season that I want to revisit anyway, just because I want the funny kind of wild stuff, you know? I get that. Because I really like season one so far, honestly. It's great. So far, I think my favorite episode was the pilot. I think I gave that a nine out of 10. Yeah, you did, I think. I really, I, I do like the pilot the, the pilot's best amazing. of everything. Yeah. So I think this is definitely like an eight. I wouldn't put this over the pilot or even on the same level as the pilot, uh. personally. Eh. So maybe an eight and a half. Yeah, I kind of feel like you're kind of convincing me too. Maybe like an eight and a half. Maybe 8.75. Maybe. As I've said before, I would use. Maybe. Yeah. I do, yeah, I do like this episode though. I think it's, I think it's a good one. It makes me excited for the next one, which is always what you want an episode to do. It makes you make you excited to see what happens next. That's right. What happens next week? We will find out. That's right. Yeah. So before we go, this is uh, this will be airing a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So we just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving 2021. And if you live in a country, because we found out that there are people in other countries listening to this. Yes, that is true. So if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, please wish us a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Think of us this Thursday. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and also, if you are so inclined, please, we would love to read any additional reviews on the show, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would appreciate any feedback we can get about what you think of the show and anything that you, good or bad, the things that you like and don't like. <laughs> we actually just opened up to a couple other podcast platforms. We did. You know, Stitcher was one of them. I uh-huh. forget what the other ones were called. Couple. I've never heard of any of these, honestly. A few more podcast ones. We also started a Facebook page recently. That's right. Um, that we hope to use more and more. <laughs> so we, we'll see. We haven't put much on that yet. So if you haven't seen anything on that, if you type into Facebook at getting mouthy you will find us yes you will find us just know it's out there we're beginning to grow that is our goal that is the goal so that's all that's all for this week this has been lena this has been alex and this was us getting mouthy